comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Back to the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by Aaron Noeth. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, Craig Demunda, how are you, Aaron? Uh, how are you, Aaron? Yeah, how are you again, Aaron? No, how are I'm you? Still Craig? good. <laughs> Aaron, you okay? <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Jordan. All right, uh, it's getting worse. <laughs> Thanks, guys. How you doing? <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Jim. How you doing, Jim? Hey, how's it going? If it, one, Jim, Jim one Deeds. More... I don't know why everybody else gets a last name except for you. So Jim Deeds. <laughs> the Master Chef. I guess I have to earn it. <laughs> if any I'm of still you doing guys, good, by the way. If, one of you, if any of you guys play one more damn Tiny Tim song, you're all going down. <laughs> it's God, stuck in my real. head right now. I don't no know about way, you guys, but oh my God. I hate kids' pop music, by the way. <laughs> Are we counting Tiny Tim as kids' pop music? It clearly is. I, but I'm, I'm uh, okay. Well, we can get into it. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to throw a, j- a joke in there that Jim's last name now belongs to Negan, but uh, now I feel like we've lost that plot. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We had the mid-season finale this week for The Walking Dead. We had another episode of Flight Four Two, whatever. We had a prologue slash epilogue slash scene that made some people angry, but I liked quite a bit. That happened in the middle of another show, and uh, we have all of your reactions to all those things as well well to talk about. So what do you say we get right into it, gentlemen? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. So season six, episode eight of The Walking Dead was entitled Start to Finish. It aired on November 29th, 2015 here in the States. It was written by Matthew Negrete and directed by Michael Sachizima. So of course, both Walking Dead mainstays. We had only really one guest star out of the ordinary, I guess, beside uh, the Alpha Wolf, played by Benedict Samuel. We had uh, Christopher Barry as Unnamed Savior, and we'll get to that guy uh, later on, like pretty much right at the end. But just generally speaking, gentlemen, what did you think of Start to Finish? I thought it kind of sucked, actually. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but overall, as an episode for a mid-season finale, I was pretty underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, as a mid-season finale, it didn't offer some of the suspense, the action, the uh, the deaths, quite frankly, that the other mid-season finales of this series has, has given us. But as an episode, I don't think it was terrible. Uh, so I think as a mid-season finale, I think it was lacking, but not as a, as a standalone episode of The Walking Dead. In a good episode of The uh, Walking Dead, the tension and the horror is undercut by the good character moments. In this episode, it was very much undercut for me by a lot of moments of just really being annoyed. Uh, I just, I was, I was also disappointed. Not only as, as like, uh, 
I mean, as a regular episode of Walking Dead, it would have been mediocre. But as a season finale, it seemed very underwhelming. And uh, speaking for myself, I seem to be alone on an island with Brad Milo, at least according to his Facebook posts, as the only two people who liked this episode. Like, I really liked this episode. So uh, we'll get into that, I guess. But uh, yeah, I I I got done watching it and then went online to find out that everyone thought I was an idiot. So hey, we will talk about that soon. I guess there's not a rule. Like, you don't have to have a major character die every eighth episode of the series, right? I mean, I, mean, I guess they're trying to break that a little bit, because if you go well, back... Well, if anything, that gets really predictable, right? Like, if yeah. you always know, oh, the, the deaths are going to come in 8 and 16, you know? Exactly. Like, people yeah. even telling me, who's going to die this week, Craig? Who do you think's going to go? I'm like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Why, why does anyone have to go? But it's, it's like they're almost expecting it out there. Yeah, that's hardly my issue. Like, I could care less about major character deaths or anything. I just want, like, a good story, and there wasn't much of that here. That was my that's, issue. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm on the same page as Aaron. That I just did not feel like... I mean, it, there were deaths in this episode that should have had bigger emotional impacts than they did, that didn't. They just kind of floundered. There were just, like, a lot of scenes that just seemed kind of thrown in there just because. There were things that were to- totally ignored. Um, I don't know. It just... It seemed like, I mean, you don't need a big body count to have a really impactful episode, and this was, you know, it had neither, you know. Well, the episode starts with a cold opening featuring our everyone's favorite young actor, Major Dodson, as Sam. Yeah. Uh, as he listens to everyone's favorite, uh, what did you call it, Aaron Children's pop song? Yeah, of From course. the 70s, 80s? When was Tiny Tim a thing? Late I 60s. think it's timeless. It's timeless. It's timeless. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny Tim's uh, tiptoe through the tulips uh, playing on an old school record player. Well, I guess that's the only kind of record player there is, but it's a record player. Anyway, um, he is uh, coloring uh, there on the floor, and he's actually coloring a picture of himself tied to a tree surrounded by uh, zombies. I wonder where he got that idea with some of his uh, invincible uh, minifigs standing Yeah, those are awesome. The, uh, I, I like the little plug there. That was fun. I, I, lo- I love seeing that. That made me smile. Um, I guess those were mi- Minimates. Is that the right brand? They look like they were, but I mean, they could be something different, but... That type yeah, of thing. I've, I've got some around here somewhere, not not invincible ones, but I would pick them up and, and check the name to double check. But I can't remember anyway. Um, and uh, the the camera, it's it's pretty much just one shot, right? Or or towards the end, it's one shot as the camera's panning around the room. Yes. And you see him swat away an ant, and then the camera goes to point out the window. I believe we can see the clock tower out, or the, the, the watchtower out the window, and we see ants coming in uh, a crack in the window and, and streaming down towards a cookie on a plate. And uh, the camera pulls back to show you that there are just tons and tons of ants as the music plays, as he is sitting there, uh, oblivious to everything that is about to go terribly, terribly wrong outside, um, as the ants are a microcosm of what is about to happen outside. I will I will say this, and it's not about the lack of subtlety. I don't care. It's like, yeah, that's Walking Dead. I get it. It's a cool shot. And for all the gripes that I have with this episode, and I'm not about to just sit here and just pick apart everything about it. I'm not. I'm not rich. I'm not, but um, or me a couple weeks ago, who's unfortunately not on this episode. I'd love to hear his opinions on it. But um, I do think this is an incredibly well shot episode. I think there's a lot of really cool shots that I actually put in my notes, and this is one of them. I think it's a very cool. Uh, shot of the ants and trailing it to find out where that's going and what that all means. I th- it's just one of the many things I think this episode does right as far as the cinematography goes. Was that Carol's cookie? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, it was probably it was um, the other one's cookie. It was his, her mom's cookie. Was Jesse, mom's he didn't he didn't like it Jesse's. as much. Yeah, but the uh, ants did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like anything. But yeah, Carol's cookies obviously are the best cookies. They, they Five hundred ants can't be wrong. How old? Exactly. How old is he supposed to be in this? Is he supposed to be like twelve or ten or six or seven? Maybe eight. 
He's timeless. Timeless. He's, he's an immortal. <laughs> he belongs immortal. to the ages. He's a Highlander. Yeah. I I I'd say he's closer to eight, nine, or ten. Mm. He, he's one of the. He's that age and that that size of a kid where it could be anywhere from six to twelve. You know, like they they could tell you whatever they want, but I don't think they've said a specific age on the show. No. Um, and regardless of how old the actual actor is, and I, I do not now know how old Major Johnson is, all the things they show him doing, um, not just in this episode, but throughout, I would say are something that like a six, seven or eight year old would do. But, uh, you know, that's just me. It doesn't say his age on IMDb, but he has an adorable IMDb profile page. He's <laughs> got a little bow tie on and everything. Oh, nice. I'm trying to find his age on here. I can't see it. All right, whatever. <laughs> Keep going. I don't need to talk about Major Johnson anymore. <laughs> Uh, then we uh, we we go outside after that nice little opening uh, uh, section there, and we see uh, the watchtower collapsing, knocking down a panel from the perimeter wall, and walkers swarm through the gaping hole and the smoke and debris. Um, several of them have like nice pieces of uh, debris and shrapnel like uh, stuck through them, kind of skewered through them, which I thought was some pretty cool looking zombie stuff. Even one with like a jaw that was half hanging off. It was a neat looking one. And uh, Rick orders everyone to run for their homes and for safety, and Deanna and Rick open fire on the walkers, and Deanna is injured. by I guess she fell onto a saw? I, I was a little... I agree with you, Aaron, there's a lot of really well-shot stuff in this episode. I did think this was one place where it faltered, in that where did this saw come from? Completely agree, because I saw the same thing happened with Carol, where it's like, Carol just randomly falls down, and it's right. like, what happened? And yeah, that was like, unusual. And Maggie, too, is like, we're cut to Maggie, just just being a klutz for some reason. There's just a lot of random stuff like this happening. Yeah. I but yeah, mean, I, I, I just, just, yeah, she fell on some saw, and I thought it got her one place, and I know apparently in her side, and then she got Well, no, no, it hit her in the leg. Yeah. The bite was on her side. But you can clearly see right there, even when she falls on the side, she's already bloody on the side when she gets cut uh, on the leg. See, I saw it a little differently. It looks like, first of all, she Deanna went to go save Rick. She, she made a dive. She was firing bullets. To save him somehow, whether it be for naught or what have you, she did try to save him. She landed on a circular saw, it looks like, on her leg. While she was down there, it looks like there was a zombie already on the ground that took a little nibble out of her side, out of her belly. That's what it seemed like, so it's it all happened very quickly. But that's that's the aspect that I took away from it. More like the tripping and falling dead, am I right? Yep. <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to say this once. There's a major Dodson.com. And we can con. <laughs> there's a contact thing here. We can contact his people and try to get him on this show. I feel I like we should attempt to do that. We should attempt to do this, guys. I'm not kidding. Well, hold on. <laughs> if we get him, we have to get Toby then from Fear the Walking Dead. I mean, if we're going to start <laughs> do- going down this road. Now, if well, you interview Major Dodson, do you have to salute the entire time? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, with, with this confusion, uh, Tara and Rosita seem to grab Tobin off the ground. Yeah, but, but you don't see him for the rest of the episode. He's just laying down the whole time, I guess. Like, I, maybe they, they made an inference that, okay, at least people made it back to their homes. Maybe they shoved him back in his house and they went to go hide, but I don't know where he ended up. Well, yeah, that's part of my confusion with this episode. There's a lot of people that I just, like, I don't know what happened. I just assume everyone went in their houses, but, like, where's, um... Where's Heath? What's his name? Where's, yeah, where's Keith? Where's, where's, where's Keith? Where's, where's Heath? That's what I was wondering the whole time. He's like, he was credited. Like, where is he? <laughs> yeah, Heath, Aaron. Um, yeah, right. Aaron. Not yeah, Denise, like, but the, the lady who runs, like, the... Um, that's Oli- uh, what's Olivia. Olivia, yeah. Okay. Olivia. Yeah. There's a couple people that you don't see. But then again, this was a pretty jam-packed episode. It's not like there was a lot of just sitting around scenes. And people were to, always doing stuff and running around. Yeah, but so. I to, if I have to deal with weeks of, like, The Walking Dead showing me random Alexandrians I'm supposed to care about, it'd be nice to see about the people I'm supposed to care about running away and hiding for their lives so I know that I'm still supposed to care about them. 
Oh, I I don't disagree with you, yeah. but uh, it is what it is. I'd, I'd rather see shots of Heath running to safety rather than Maggie being a klutz in the grass for no reason. Speaking of klutzes, meanwhile, Carol trips while running down the street and hits her head, and Morgan <laughs> helps her up, and they dash into the townhouse with the makeshift jail cell. Now, did she trip on shell casings, or did she drop shell casings when she fell? It looked like she dropped them when she fell, but yeah, she just that, fell right. out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, it was strange. Very strange. Just went right down and hit her head. Yeah. And, and <laughs> everything in the episode says she hit her head. I thought she hit her knee, but she, hit her the head. whole rest of the episode says she hit her head. Because she so, didn't have that red patch did. on her forehead until she hit the ground. I'm like, what? How could you do that? I mean, it's a pretty rough fall. Ah, okay. I mean, it's unusual for her. Maggie also trips and scrambles as she's running to a lookout post. She narrowly escapes walkers as they grab at her feet and tear the ladder away, but she makes it to safety, and we, we see a nice uh, callback shot of her uh, with uh, looking down at the zombies as she's laying on her back, just like Glenn had uh, back at the prison several seasons ago, and as she's on her back, she sees the green balloons from the end of last episode floating by. If we are a real professional podcast, we cut in 99 lift balloons right now. <laughs> Now, see, I was thinking uh, float on, but that's just... <laughs> Well, that ends the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eugene cowers against a wall, and he spots Rick's walking on the ground when it's call- when uh, Daryl is coming through calling for Rick. And it turns out that he was the one who picked it up and called for help. And uh, Walker's are just about to get him when Rosita and Tara rescue him, and they flee to a nearby garage. You know, and the Facebook group was a little mad at us for not addressing who could it possibly be on that radio, although I thought we talked about it. But obviously think, now, folks, it's Eugene. It's him. It's not some other group with great walkie-talkies. It is it is Eugene saying, help me, help us. I thought we did talk about the radio thing. I was we like, definitely yeah. did. We did, but by this. Yeah. not to the depth that some some people wanted us to, I suppose. So We have other things to nitpick in those kind of episodes <laughs> rather than who's on a walkie-talkie. so many talkie, hours apparently. in the day and yeah. so many nits to pick. I mean, come on. But yeah, pr- props to Norman Reedus for not lying to us this time, I guess, since he did say it wasn't supposed to be Glenn. So good job. Good job, Norman. <laughs> Rick helps Deanna limp down the street where they're joined by Michonne, Gabriel, uh, Carl, and Ron, and Jesse as she shoots incoming walkers, and they usher the group into her house. And Ron doesn't do anything with the gun yet. Like, we see him with the gun out walking behind Carl, but that's when the tower falls and uh, he's caught off guard, and we'll get back to it later. Don't worry. Uh, meanwhile, Enid and Glenn watch in shock from the perimeter um, as the tower falls and the zombies enter. And despite Enid's pessimism, Glenn insists on helping Maggie and his friends and reveals to Enid that Maggie is pregnant, which gives uh, Enid a little bit more reason to uh, to understand where he's coming from. This is why Glenn's always my favorite character. Ever the optimist. <laughs> when Rick and the gang enter Jesse's house and she says, come on, I got, I got Judith, come on in. There was that owl again out there. I'm telling you, that's what that was. And she even mentions it in this episode. It's like, oh, they knocked over my sculpture. So it's like, that's what she was working on. This is 24 hours after complete chaos with wolves. She's fooling around with a sculpture out there. I have no idea what that owl means. I really want someone to explain that to me. As far as we know, it had been pushed over in the attack by the wolves, and she picked it up and put it back on a stand. Okay. I I don't know that she was welding. She was just putting it there. It's just so strange. There's so many other things to worry about than a stupid metal owl sculpture that she's obsessed with. Was there well, a it's a metaphor about for the town. Was there a debate about this that I missed out on? Uh, not really a debate. Just <laughs> a was she working on the owl last week? Uh, Craig yeah, she had a like hammer. A like it was, she was on the porch. We couldn't figure out what she was working on. She says, "Let me put this hammer down. I'll take Jess. I'll take uh, Judith." Yeah, 
We thought she was fixing a window, but in reality, she was fixing her owl. Well, she could have been fixing the window, which was behind the owl. See, this is why we can't talk about phone calls. We got to talk about mechanical owls. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Maybe there's a symbolism there. It's I'm not missing. mechanical. It's just an owl. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, con I'm convinced it's a bigger version of that owl from Clash of the Titans. Okay. <laughs> Babu or whatever it's called. Babu. Where's, where's Jim? Jim knows. It's Bubo. Thank Bubo you. I, I, I believe I Created said Created by the goddess Athena to give to Perseus. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> That's what Jess is working on. On the main floor of the townhouse, Carol refuses Morgan's offer to examine her head wound. And one floor below, we see Dr. Denise sitting opposite uh, the alpha wolf. And she asks to see his wound. And he removes his bandage, revealing a badly infected gash. And Denise cautiously removes a bag of IV fluid from her pack. And we learn, at least according to the wolf, that he had gotten the wound uh, from a rusty uh, metal piece on a car he was breaking into. So maybe he's lying, maybe not. Hey, but according to him, that's what happened. Let's call it what it is, a rusty bumper. I wrote it down. <laughs> it's a fun thing to say. And I don't think we have any reason to believe he's lying about this. He, he seems to be pretty honest about the yeah. fact that he's a crazy wacko. Um, he's pretty straightforward. He's a bumper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the up and up the whole episode, it seems, in terms of, uh, he. I mean, he is telling him, yeah, I'm going to kill you. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> say what you will about him. He's very honest. Oh, yeah. He's got that going for him. Put on his resume. <laughs> Inside Jesse's house, Rick carries Deanna to an upstairs bedroom, and Sam watches, paralyzed with fear, and Jesse urges him to be brave, and if he can't be brave, to pretend that he's someone who is brave. Do you like Jesse as, like, a mother? Do you think she's doing the right thing? I'm asking this for real. Um, I bought it as something a mother might do, not necessarily that I, something I think is the best choice or the worst choice, just something that I would buy a real mother might do in that situation. How about you, Jim? You have kids. I don't like her as a character. In general, I don't think she has good chemistry with Rick, and I don't like the way she talks to her kids. So, there you go. I think um, they're, they're doing this thing with Sam, or Major Dotson, as we call him, whereas Carol's giving him this tough love version of mommy, and Jesse's giving this, it's okay, it's okay, coddling him. And I, there, there's obviously a distinction there. There's something with that, I think. So maybe they're, they're playing that card too hard maybe they're just like you know she's coddling him way too much and it's, it's becoming annoying that could be it but there's something there with with carol and her and and, and sam yeah it's obviously an interesting kind of balance between the two where you have the obviously as you guys mentioned carol's tough love versus what jesse's doing and i just the kid's shocked beyond but like he's in such like uh, ptsd mode for and you know he's a child also so like pretend to be brave I can understand where the logic comes from to say something like that because he does act. He does do something because of her saying that. But it's like, that's a tough spot to be in where we're like, Ron is just a dick. We'll get to Ron's dickness and why he's such a dick and why he needs to die because he's a dick. But Sam, it's hard. It's hard. Like, I see so much call for, like, Sam's one of the worst characters. Like, well, dude did see his dad get killed and he has a bunch of. He's afraid of walkers, like, petrified of them. So it's like a hard. I try to figure out what the best approach to the Sam character is. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I, I totally get exactly where the character's coming from. Like, he's he's not even really familiar with what the walkers are. Yeah. He kind of knows they exist outside the wall. I don't even know that he's ever seen one before this episode, um, no. or at least not up close. They're called monsters, and, right? They're, and suddenly they're yeah. inside of his house trying to eat him, like... It's yeah, not like, I'd be terrified, yeah. too. It's not like Carl, like, season one, two, where, like, he was really annoying because he was just really annoying, and I couldn't stand why he was so annoying, and he wouldn't stay in the house. At least, at least this kid's staying in the house, for one thing, which is a nice yeah. plus right there. But it's hard to... He's listening to those damn Tiny Tim records, man. Who What's listens that? to Tim? Tiny Tim? Well, he knows uh, it's popular. Major Dodson, you 
Hey, when you only have one record, you only have one record. A 45, no less. One song. <laughs> Could have been Engelbert Humperdinck. Kids, guys. Kids. They love this stuff. I'm telling you. No. <laughs> Michonne and Rick tend to Deanna's wound, and they notice the uh, the bite mark on her side, and Deanna predictably, but I, I like this, says, well, sh- that was my second favorite thing Deanna did in this episode. <laughs> she says it every episode. She has to say the word. <laughs> Whether it's BS or S, she just says it every time. That's it. And of course, after we discover this, she rapidly descends into death faster than anyone we've ever seen die from a zombie bite before. Well, I mean, to to be fair, she is bleeding from two separate wounds, both of, or at least one of which near a major artery. So, like, I can buy that, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't have... I don't have the, the the thought process involved to go into like the thought the, how how zombie science works to really back up anything. It just seems like she she really rapidly dies in this episode, and we've seen plenty of bites in the past. So Rick confers with Jesse, and they come up with a plan to run to the armory and draw the walkers away from Alexandria with flares. Uh, Michonne, meanwhile, talks to Deanna and uh, tells her that she believes in Alexandria and Deanna's plans to expand it. And Deanna asks Michonne what she wants for herself, and Michonne admits that she doesn't know. When you break it up into pieces, you know, there's like you know there's good bits here and there, but like in the context of the show, getting this scene, like I get what it, it needs to do something. Obviously, we're losing a character that we like, we're involving that person with another character we really like. So like yeah, that makes sense. Like concept wise, it just seems so repetitive. You get another character that like imparts some words of wisdom before they die, and you get the dramatic music, and like it just happens to be Michonne in this instance. I'm not sure why it needed to be Michonne exactly, but I guess because they both want us. This is like their permanent place, and then you get another scene with Rick later on. It's just it feel it feels so like I've seen this before, and there's only I I can I understand there's only so many ways to do you know death scenes when you're you know in a secluded area, but it just feels not fresh. It just it just it just kind of happens, and I don't really care that much. Yeah, it seemed like they're putting like a lot of gravitas on her dying and stuff for her only being a character we had for what like a season or so. Like it seemed like they were putting a lot of weight on her her you know death or whatever, a lot of uh, uh, importance on it. And I realize you know she's the leader of the Alexandrians or whatever, but I mean people are getting mowed you know mowed down left and right. It was just seemed kind of counterproductive to the episode they spent so much time like oh you know Deanna's going to die oh no you know it's like we've been down this road before and I, I don't know it's, just, it's done without mixing it up at all like I just like I, I can understand having weight behind her death but it's just the things that she's saying are things I get the show like hammers into me so it's like yeah. she's not saying anything interesting right maybe we as the audience should have been more connected to her and we just weren't Maybe we didn't care enough about her, and that's why these these last few words that she has to give us just don't mean much. They don't, don't hold like, weight. I, I, yeah, to an extent, but I I cared about Diana. Like I thought she was a fun character, or you know, a good character. I thought she was written well enough. Yeah. I liked where things were going with her. It's just the, like the, when Bob died, it seemed to have more impact for some reason. Like he seemed to be a more of a character we've seen more of, or or maybe obviously Tyrese. You know, when he yeah went, the, and. And those are fair. That said, the Bob death I had issue with too, but that was more because there was so much time it seemed to be spent on it. Where, this, like, if it was the length of this scene in this episode, I probably would have been happier with the Bob death in the, terms of like looking back on it. And it was the same thing too. It was, it was Bob in the in the bed talking to Rick, talking to his sister, talking. I mean, talking to, I'm sorry, Sasha. I mean, not his sister, but Sasha. I mean, yeah. Slow it's, piano music plays in the background, right? Exactly. So that, that's what we've seen music. before. The same with like when uh, what's her name. Um, and Andrea dies. There's just I can count all these people that died, you mm. know, slow dramatic deaths. 
and you know said the things that they're supposed to say right before they went away rhymes <laughs> uh, down in Jesse's garage Ch- Carl checks in on Ron who's upset and brooding about his dad uh, they argue and then Ron locks the door and takes out his gun but Carl knocks it out of his hand before he can use it um, as they fight and it's not exactly a great fight but it's certainly better than the one they had a couple episodes ago uh, Ron swings a shovel at Carl but accidentally breaks a window instead and walkers immediately flock to the sound of the breaking glass so we're going to call him Porch Dick Jr. at this point is that what you're saying is that, is that his new his new PDJ. moniker Poor Son of Porch Dick. Dick. PD and J. PD and J. <laughs> uh, Rick and Jesse hear the commotion and race to the garage. Uh, Rick breaks the door open with an axe, and Ron and Carl run inside the house as walkers stream into the garage, and Rick and Jesse shove a couch against the door, and Carl covers for Ron and says they accidentally knocked over a shelf. <laughs> that was a boy fight that we got, that's for sure. That was... Uh... <laughs> Uh, you, but you it was po- it, you way a, better than the last one. Oh yeah, you posted a link to boy fights last time. We had a boy fight, but this one was this was a boy fight, which was funny to me. Like, they're, just, <laughs> they're just flinging around the room and stuff. <laughs> oh my god! And then yeah, the last of course, one was like a boy scuffle. That was like the best line good. of the episode, though. Oh, we'll oh get yeah, to that. coming yeah, up yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so speaking of which, uh, in private, Carl uh, goes over to Ron and holds him at gunpoint and demands he hold over his gun, grip first. Uh, Ron does and apologizes for attacking Carl, and Carl empathizes with Ron for losing his dad, but points out that Pete was an asshole. <laughs> He's not wrong. Nope. <laughs> I really like the scene. I really like, I mean, for one thing, I like the acting from Ch- Chandler Riggs, but I also Absolutely. like the progression of this character. It's a very clear line and very clear progression and callback to earlier scenes, like uh, back at the prison when he, or back at the farm, I guess, when he shot uh, the guy from Rescue Me, whose name I can't remember. But, uh, and, you know, Herschel was all worried. Oh, your, your son shot this kid who was handing him a gun. Here it was Carl taking charge telling him exactly what he needed to do and following through on uh, on the plan. So, good for him. That was a big call. Oh, man, the guy from... Okay, yeah, the kid that, like, broke his leg in the barn. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Rescue Me. Didn't Shane kill him? Yes. Like, Shane killed him. Um, yeah, Shane, Shane killed him, him in the woods. Shane, like, strangled him Oh, that's in the right. Shane killed him. So who did... Carl, Carl kill somebody at the prison? Carl, Carl killed, killed somebody Carl outside. Killed. He killed prison. a kid at the... Yeah, he killed a kid from the governor's camp at the prison. Right, yeah. And, like, oh, okay. And Herschel was Herschel there, was and he's there. like... And he like he pushed his fingers on. He's like, no, no, no. And then they, you know, took his guns away. <laughs> I, I get my nondescript white teenagers uh, confused easily. <laughs> yeah, that's today's movie business. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick hears Judith crying, and he runs upstairs. And he's he uh, opens the door to find Deanna leaning into Judith's crib and moves in to kill her, thinking she's turned. But she says, "It's still me," which I, I liked as a moment and the timing of all that and stuff. Uh, seeing how weak she is now, Rick gently lays Deanna in the bed. And she gives some farewell notes for Spencer and Maggie and asks him to look over Spencer as he would his own people because, as she tells him, they're all your people, Rick, which is the right answer she was looking for last episode. That um, that shot leading up to Rick discovering Deanna in the room, that, that was another one I wrote down as cool shot because it's just like it's so it's the, you know, the walking dead. Some people find the show pretty scary. I don't really. But the. The kind of the lead, the build up to this scene I thought was pretty tense. Like I I didn't think that Deanna had turned and was about to eat Judith, but I like the 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 shot composition of like Rick's like shadow in the hall as he slowly walks down to see what's going on. And then you see right. Deanna, her hands are like slowly creeping into the crib. It was like that that was a pretty cool like sequence. I like. Well, the, it opened with that shot of like the bassinet just like with a whole yeah. bunch of blood on it and stuff. Yeah. And, like, uh-huh. you know, immediately that was like you know that set the tone for what was going on. For but, sure, it was a nice little like it was a good sequence. Little mini horror moment. And she had a good line too. She goes, Rick can grow one hell of a beard. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was a great yeah, that was a great line. Dion had some good lines in here. Like, I, like as much as I'm annoyed by her death, like she had some she had she went out like a champ for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, what was it? Um, saying the the whole Rick's they're your people. <sighs> okay, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to see the Alexandrians react to that one. <laughs> Deanna put me in charge. Here I am. <laughs> but I mean, she had already put him in charge a couple episodes back. I mean, it's it's more of just getting him to understand what that means. Oh yeah, um, but she, I think more than anything. Although Deanna's not the greatest judge of character. I mean, you know, Porch Dick was also their people. I mean, there, there's, some, <laughs> there's some there's some questionable folks here. And both of her sons. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, Spencer's not a bad guy. He's just foolish. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just he's dumb. Man. But Aiden was extra dumb. Oh, I forgot about Aiden. Oh, those those sons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, the two I sons forgot about she Aiden. Has. Oh my god, not the son she doesn't have. <laughs> I forgot about Aiden. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, back with uh, Carol and Morgan. Carol uh, is taking a nap, or at least Morgan thinks. And Morgan uh, takes that as an opportunity to peer down towards the makeshift jail cell. But surprise, not really. Carol was just faking it, and she shoves him aside and runs downstairs, where Denise is. Tending to um, the wolf's wound and wielding a knife, uh, Carl or- Carol orders Denise to back away from him, and then Morgan arrives with staff in hand. All of this is fantastic. What what follows is not fantastic, but all of this stuff, the right. setup is great. <laughs> I love this. The setup this. was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and the setup like... also, we had Tara, Rosita, and Eugene in the garage for a while, and then Eugene decided now he can pick locks all of a sudden, so that was pretty cool. That that was cool. That but that scene's another one that's just like, all right, here's Rosita talking about like, are we gonna make it? What do we do to survive in this world? Blah blah blah. Stuff I know already. Stuff yeah. the show hammers into me. It's it's like cool shot of the garage with hands on it. I like that. But you know, <laughs> that was a nice shot. Yes. Was, but yeah. But the so the the the, the Carol uh, Morgan stuff. That was just like the setup for the. I could just see. I could just feel like the the geek love for the from the audience, like looking at like Carol and Morgan facing off, and then even talk the about com- Clash of the Titans. Exactly, and then even the commercial was like, "Guess what? They're facing off. Vote for who wins." It's like, what the show I gets know. it apparently. Like, God, <laughs> that was that was so che- that was cheap. I like I it, ch- it made me chuckle, but it did feel like. Like, I remember when Talking Dead used to, like, break in at random moments and be like, guess what? They're having the baby. We'll be back after this. Like, Get out of here, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> There's too much drama right now. I don't need Chris Hardwick yelling at me about, guess what's going on, guys? Like, I don't like it. Uh, back at Jesse's house, walkers break through the makeshift defenses and start flooding inside. So Rick blocks the main stairs with a sofa as the gro- uh, group retreats upstairs. And uh, then he tells Michonne they're going to need two walkers. And I think we all knew at that moment exactly what he needed them for. Yep. I, I didn't Not know at that moment, but obviously it happens from the comic, but also just because it's TV. I, mean, I thought they were just going to cre- create like a blockade at first. I didn't think they were going to actually do the same thing they did in season one all over again. But OK, here we go. I was going to say that was a good callback to, to the episode of Guts. When he, when he specified two, that's when Utah, get me two. That's what I was like. All right. OK, <laughs> I, uh, I got it. I thought he's like, all right, he's going to use some guts and have some fun. Uh, so back at the townhouse, Morgan tries to dissuade Carol from killing the wolf, and Carol threatens to kill Morgan if he gets in the way. Uh, Morgan knocks the knife out of Carol's hand and slams her to the ground, knocking her unconscious. And while he's distracted, uh, the wolf grabs Morgan's staff and sh- knocks him unconscious and then takes Carol's knife and points it at Denise. I was ready for Mean Gene to come out with the microphone, the WWF style Andre the Giant body slam that that he did on Carol, that Morgan did. That was a nice 
Nice body slam. Very, very well done, Morgan. This fight, yeah, it's better than boy fights, I guess, just because there's knives involved. <laughs> but um, Barely? Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so, like, we have this great standoff between two very compelling characters. And what's the result? Just, like, a scuffle. They fool around on the ground for a while. One gets knocked out. The wolf escapes anyway, just as he very much said he was going to do. <laughs> takes yep. advantage of the situation. Takes a hostage, no less. And now he just feels stupid for, you know, wanting to believe in Morgan in some way. Thinking Carol could try to handle something re- in, like, a way that made more sense than just, like, stab, stab, stab. And n- no- nobody learns anything. The wolf escapes. Blah, blah, blah. Like it. As much as I like this episode, I actually have the most problems with this whole thing. And you said you liked the setup. I liked some of the setup. I was amazed the wolf didn't try to you know, knock Denise unconscious or take her hostage like four times earlier in the episode when Carol and Morgan were up having their little tea and coffee break upstairs. Well, I can, I can see why that, because he doesn't have anything to, to, you know, use against them. Like, he doesn't know what they could come down with. They could, they could fight. There's two of them. They could, there's, he doesn't know how, what's going on upstairs, really. Like, it's, there's too many variables. But here he can see a clear advantage of what he can do. But beyond that, the the fight between them was just dumb. They yes. had to first yes. off they had to hamstring Carol right in the beginning of the episode. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I think in a fair fight, you know, the two of them going at it, yes, Carol is going to win. But you don't well, have to hamstring her. I don't know about that. I mean, about that at all. <laughs> yeah, Morgan is Jedi trained here. I mean, he's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't What I'm saying though is under nor- normal circumstances, Carol would have no problem just shooting him. But you don't have to worry about that because she doesn't have a gun on her. So you don't need to hamstring her. Just have him have the staff and her have the knife. And you can still have it end up with the exact same um, ending of the fight. But still not make it just this awkward, bumbling fight between a woman who's just had a concussion and is poorly brandishing a a tactical knife and a guy with a bow staff. Like, that could have been a cool fight and it just wasn't. I don't have a major problem with it. I think it, it, it... For what they had to work with in that small room, I think it worked pretty cool. I, I, I it didn't seem to go on too long. I like the body slam, like the way he knocked the knife out of her hand. I mean, what happened with the wolf afterwards is a different story. But I like the two of them going at it. I had no problem with it. No, yeah, it's not the it's not necessarily the fighting I have an issue with. It's just the kind of the choice of how to resolve the situation just felt boring to me. It's like, all right, so they just scuffle around and then the wolf escapes anyway. Like it just it just it feels so predictable. You knew the wolf was going to be a problem, and lo and behold, he becomes a problem. Like there's just there's oh, no, yeah. there's nothing about that that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's exactly my problem with it. It was just ob- it was just obvious. You know, the whole thing was obvious. As soon as everything was going down there, I knew exactly how it was going to play out. And it was going to play out the way that they had foreshadowed this whole time with no no surprise there. I mean, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's so obvious the wolf tells you what he's going to do and then <laughs> and does then it. Does it. <laughs> Multiple yeah, times exactly. over the course of a season. It's almost like he should say, I'm reading ahead on page 64 of the script. I'm going to be doing this soon, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, back at Jesse's house, Michonne tells Deanna that they're going to leave the house and try to make it to safety, and she starts to offer to kill Deanna before she turns, but Deanna insists that she will shoot herself when the time comes, and she's not ready to go yet. Another nice scene. I mean, it just, like, yeah, oh yeah. pretty much everything around the whole, like, let Deanna have her time to say some words of wisdom to Michonne scene, I'm pretty fine with, actually, it seems. Uh, so Rick's group slathers themselves in uh, Walker Guts, like we said, just like back in the episode Guts from season one, and just like Carol did when she attacked the uh, the Terminus encampment last season. And uh, Sam opens his door and recoils from the gruesome scene of seeing everyone with absolutely no context, just yes. cutting open two dead bodies and covering themselves in guts. Like, and, then, and then Jesse walks over and is like, Sam, you got to do this. And she's like covered 
and nastiness. And, and pretend you're brave. It's like, couldn't yeah. you have warned him? Like Maybe anybody. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting the blame on a little bit more than you did. <laughs> I'm not putting the blame on Jessica here. There's eight people, all of which you know there's a six or eight or whatever year old kid in the next room, and no one thought to warn him, hey, this crazy nonsense is about to happen. Don't be terrified like any normal person who happened to open their door and see what's about to happen. Like, come on. I'll blame Jesse. She's his mother. She should be like, hey, my son's in there. I should realize this. But she forgets until they're actually doing this thing. It's like, oh And he opened the door. He came in. Yeah, he had to open the door. It's not like she she remembered. (laughs) It just seemed kind of lackadaisical, uh, like, consideration. You know what I mean? Like like you said, he opened the door, looked, and they're like smearing zombie guts all over everything. And there was no, he has no context for that. And I mean, yeah, if, if Jesse all was Jesse ch- has is pretend to be somebody brave. I'm like, that's such BS. I mean, if if Jesse was in charge of Carl back in season two, the kid would still be out in the woods somewhere. Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if like maybe Rick is drawn to women who are just bad mothers. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus, like, definitely a, a theme there. And that's his type, you know? I don't know. Back of the townhouse, uh, the wolf cuts his bonds and holds Denise at knife point just as Rosita, Terra, and Eugene charge into the room, and the wolf forces them to lower their weapons, then he takes the gun and escapes with Denise as his hostage. And again, huge problems with this. Yeah. Yeah. You have that two people yeah. who are both excellent shots. Mm-hmm. It's not like he has a gun to her head. He has a knife at her throat. Shoot him in the head. Yep. It's not like he can cut her throat. At Maybe he can slightly nick her. Maybe. But she is in no danger. You have two headshots. Also, also, all three of them ran down there. Just don't all three of you run down there. <laughs> like, you know, one of you could have stayed behind and got rid of Well, them. I mean, to be fair, did they know what was going on inside or they just came in with guns out because there's zombies around? That's true. They didn't know who was in I, their I, room. They didn't know the wall. Yeah, the they had no was idea any of that was going on. There's still a matter of... <laughs> It's a whole giant house, and all three of them ran to one spot. Like, how do you clear a house? Well, no, he's he's in the first room because we've seen we've seen that, that door. Oh yeah, yeah, right. they're not yeah, still they down. You, you walk in the room. They're not they're not still downstairs. I got that. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm thinking of unconscious bodies in the basement still. But I mean, three of them, one of him, and two of them are crack shots with guns pointed at him. I mean, yeah, exactly. even, even if they took a shot and missed, what if they would have grazed him or something, and and then he still. It would have been at least a little more realistic that okay, look, you didn't kill me. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna kill this girl if you don't give me your guns. I mean, something. Just take a shot at the guy. At least. It's just boring. It's like it's the like if you remove this, it's the same situation. He still walks away with Denise in his hand. Like there's no difference here. And he's a wolf. You know they kill people with no compunction about it. And What's this whole storyline about like oh we you know sanctity of life. You know I'm not gonna kill him because uh, I'm against killing or whatever. And coming in, that coming to bite them in the ass later. I mean we've seen this before on the show. Like if, if Morgan times. if Morgan woke up and like knocked out the wolf from behind or something at right like th- that could have been something interesting again or something like that right. but it just it just goes nowhere that's that's fun like or interesting or compelling it just leads me to think that now Morgan's a dick because he let this happen right and and no one could stop this thing and we're maybe gonna lose Doctor Deese who seemed to be a fun character I like Denise and, a lot I and like Tara, her and, and Tara's gonna be sad again and you know I don't like to have sad Tara <laughs> <laughs> she's lost a lot of girlfriends on this show hasn't she. <laughs> Uh, two. I mean, one and a half, really, at this point. There's yeah. not much love on The Walking Dead. Two's a lot. Yet. Uh, speaking of loves and maybe losing them, Glenn and Enid climb a tree to gain a, ve- a better vantage point, and uh, Glenn sees that Maggie is safe, at least for the moment, on top of the lookout post. Plotline uh, over. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Meanwhile, Rick's group, uh, each member now covered in Walker guts in a poncho type of situation, goes downstairs and slowly, calmly walks into the herd inside the house unnoticed. Uh, we see Deanna upstairs uh, with a gun to her head, but she stops from pulling the trigger when she hears walkers in the hallway. And as music plays, she flings the doors open, fires the, uh, her gun at the herd until she's out of bullets. And then we get a really nice shot, really well matched up with the music as she, she lets out kind of a primal scream as the walkers are coming for her and uh, we cut away like a boss oh yeah i love when they walked into that crowd of, of walkers in in the room or i guess i should say in the room and then outside the house the music the slow-mo very very well done i like the way they, they shot that uh, deanna's sacrifice moment or i should say i, should, I wrote down her scarface moment but it is like a sacrifice moment why does she i mean i don't get why she did this i don't i mean she could have ended her life nice and peaceful bullet to the head done lights out she sh shoots five bullets in into the crowd of, I don't know, 15 walkers coming at her. I just didn't get why she did it. Craig, Craig. Those are five walkers that no one else will have to, to, have to worry about at any <laughs> Craig, point in the future. Craig, yeah. because f*** them, that's why. They, if they want to take her down, take her down. She's, gonna, she's not going out like a chump. She's going to keep shooting at them until, they're, until, they're, <laughs> until there's no more bullets, and then she's going to scream at like, it's just it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's such a just pro moment. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna... Like a boss, like you said. It's, it's like, like, like someone threatens you. It's like you're going to get, like the, I don't know, the buckle or the belt. You're like, the buckle. Like, <laughs> screw you. That's why. <laughs> just, and, and I mean, from a from a character perspective, like she's been talking about with Michonne, it's what do you want? What do you believe in? She believes in fighting for this town, even to the last moment, even at her own, even to her own detriment of a little bit more physical pain before she dies. She is going to keep fighting for the dream of this town, and you know that's that's a cool character moment. You know, even beyond the the neat primal scream and the shot and the music and all that stuff, uh, just from a character perspective. That is what Deanna would do, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you already know I'm all about Abraham screaming in zombie faces, so any chance of character screaming in zombie faces, I'm all for it. I'll, <laughs> I'll watch it all day. <laughs> So Rick's group has made it to Jesse's front porch, uh, looking out into the sea of walkers, and they hold hands and make their way into the herd. By the way, you can see comparisons out there on Reddit and stuff. This is a shot taken directly from the books. I don't know if the character composition is exactly the same, although it's close, but this shot is pretty much directly taken from there. Um, and they hold hands, they make their way out into the herd. However, as they try to walk among the herd, uh, Sam starts to lose uh, some of his confidence and calls out to Jesse, or Mom specifically, multiple times, uh, which seems to be gathering the attention of the walkers around them as the screen goes black Mom? at the sound of the walkers. Mom? Dear Internet, I would like somebody to come up with a meme of, of cutting that scene with the um, the thing of Stewie from uh, Family Guy saying, Mom. Mummy, mum, yes. mummy, mum, <laughs> mummy. Or, or no, speaking of Stewart's, mummy, mum. Look what mummy. I can do, Stewart from Mad TV. Yeah, Either that one. would that would work too. <laughs> was he really calling the attention of them? Like I knew they're, I mean, they're moving around just because they're walkers, but it didn't really seem like they're about to gang up on them. Yeah, I didn't see that because if you notice, they were tricky with the sound at the end. They raised the volume of the walker snarls, and you know, so it's like. You heard his voice, but it was kind of muted. You heard, the walkers were louder than him. I, I, I asked just because I think a lot of people are focusing too much on the fact that he was making noise, and I don't think it was about that. I think it was about right. the, the fact that he's just scared for what's going on, and it fit the theme of the the tone of that part of the episode. Not that it's... I don't know. I mean, I can buy it both ways because, I mean, the the way it ends with that, it's supposed to make you think, oh, crap, this is about to go south as we cut to black and but, I don't get to find out what happens well, for another yeah, four months or whatever. Yes, yeah, so I, I wouldn't put it beyond, like, the showrunners that, like, the idea of someone saying something's not going to tip the audience off that something could happen from that. But at the same time, uh, thematically, it just seemed more like it was a... 
encapsulation of the emotion of the scene rather than something that's plot specific by a character saying mom over and over again. Uh, all I can say is the way I read it when I watched that episode was me saying, oh, 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 crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, this is going to go bad. Um, but who knows? So that was the end of the episode, quote unquote. Then we had a epilogue to this episode, prologue to the next half season, whatever you want to call it, a few minutes later during the next commercial break, or the first commercial break of Into the Badlands. And that does with uh, Daryl, Abraham, and Sasha who are still headed back to Alexandria, uh, but they're stopped by a group of bikers, and one of the bikers demand all their supplies and the truck, and when he's asked why they should do that by Daryl, he tells them that all of it now belongs to Negan. Dun, dun, dun! And we finally get the uh, definitive pronunciation. Yes! <laughs> we, we, had heard, um, we, we had heard Harry... I almost said Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, <laughs> wow, you make a good Negan. <laughs> who's the actor who's playing Morgan? Who's playing Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, thank you. I knew it was a three... I, I love the actor. I just blank on the name. Sweet we had heard him Charles say it Nelson on another... Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley. James Earl Jones. Time to dance with Lucille. He's <laughs> <laughs> another three-named actor. James Earl Jones. Uh, Telling you. There you go. We, we, we had heard him say <laughs> the name Negan on uh, like a morning talk show a couple weeks back, but this is the first time it has been said in universe on the show for sure. It's pronounced Negan. Now we know it's Negan. It's Michonne. We never have to wonder about these questions again. Our lives are complete. Wait, wait, you saying Kirkman's never said the word Negan? Like, on Not that I've heard. I'm sure he has, but I haven't heard him say. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, these are these are questions I've never had. I've, I've always pronounced them yeah. the way they were supposed to sound. And yep, that's how they sound. Also, David Patrick Kelly. Walkers come out to play. Yay. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> Clink, clink. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Hopefully as Neil Patrick Harris from the Harold and Kumar movies as Negan, because that would be amazing. Neil Patrick Harris would literally be one of the greatest. For... Does he say literally a lot in that, or are you just going now to um, Parks and Rec for some reason? He says literally. Does he? Okay. You know, I, 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 I said it like Rob Lowe. He doesn't say literally. <laughs> that is or, literally or, or, the best hamburger I have ever had. Or, wait for it, greatest Lucille ever made. <laughs> hey, it's the holidays, and you need to save money on geeky presents for your friends. What could be better than DCBService.com, where not only will you get friendly service and actual people on the phone when you call, unlike a lot of other places you order stuff from online, but you will save Boku bucks, not only on graphic novels, comic books, and that kind of stuff, but also on your geeky toys, your geeky clothing, your, your, your Michonne t-shirts, your McFarlane Walking Dead dioramas, which is my latest uh, toy addiction, uh, all that kind of stuff. Save a lot of money, good people to work with. Sometimes, uh, you know, 40, 50% we're talking about. Deeper discounts than Amazon a lot of times if you really want to shop it. DCBService.com. Busters, gentlemen? I'll go a two and a half Busters. At, uh, I just, yeah, I wasn't huge on this episode just because I kept finding things that, like, bothered me about the the kind of the nature of this episode i felt these the 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 lead into it was so like intriguing like the thing breaks down and now there's walkers everywhere and like how do we handle that we just kind of stall we follow three groups of characters we have things happen that are either obvious or very uninspired uh there's moments here and there that are fine i mean it's not a terrible episode but just like the impact of this episode what i wanted to get from it did not happen so i just overall did not like the episode very much I'll do a 3.75 uh, busters for this episode. I didn't have major problems with it uh, being an episode standing alone. I did have problems with it being a season ender, mid-season ender. 
And and here's why. We have to wait now until February to finish this season. I mean, if this was just a filler episode, if we just could binge watch this thing, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But we have to wait, like, was it 12 weeks or so from now to see the next one? In in the past, they've given us some really amazing stuff. The Fall of the Prison. Um, you know, obviously, the... the, the uh, the Grady Bunch over in Atlanta last year was pretty interesting, I guess, with the with the, the death of of Beth. Uh, the the thing with obviously with uh, with Sophia in the barn going back to season two. I mean, we've seen some really amazing mid season enders, and this one was just kind of anticlimactic or kind of a ho hum episode for that kind of uh, for that for the, this part of the season. I didn't have any major major problems with it. Nothing really annoyed me about it. I'm, I'm liking. Uh, the direction is getting very, very consistent on the show. It's very tight. The the the, like I said, the the score from Barry Curry has been just on fire this this year. Everything has just been really clicking with The Walking Dead. Could it have been better? Yes, uh, and it definitely needed to be. But I didn't have a problem with it where it needed to be in the twos. Uh, so three point seven five is my my Buster ratings. I give it a straight three. Um, there were scenes that I enjoyed. There were set pieces I enjoyed. There were there were uh, moments between actors that I enjoyed. But as a whole, I thought the the episode was lacking, even as just a regular episode. And as a season finale episode, I found it extremely lacking. Uh, so I give it a three. I'm going with a four. I liked it as an episode. I liked it as a mid-season finale. It had actual cliffhangers and unresolved moments. There, I, I think generally The Walking Dead has more resolution in its finales and mid-season finales than the average TV show. It generally, like, it'll have a cliffhanger or whatever, but it's generally more focused on resolving plot lines in those, and this was a, a bit of a departure from it for that, for, for doing so many uh, cliffhangers with a hostage and people in the middle of walkers as a kid cries for his mom, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was on the edge of my seat for most of the episode. I liked a lot of the dialogue. I had my, you know, few problems with it here and there, but I generally really liked it so hey four for me but who cares what we think jim what did our listeners over on the walking dead tv podcast facebook group that's the wd tv pc fbg think of this week's episode Jeez Louise. <laughs> 702 members by the way yeah hey, we passed, we passed 700 bingo bingo bongo we got 10 new members this week uh the, the actual name of the group is the the Walking Dead TV podcast uh, Facebook group. That's what I just said. The WDTV PC FBG. Sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Uh, every week, uh, Aaron's uh, in-depth reviews of each episode are there, uh, linking to the young folks and his reviews. Uh, we get some funny memes through there. We get some interesting discussions through there. And every week we ask you, the uh, the members of the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group to chime in with your Buster ratings for the week, and uh, this week was no exception. Obviously, um, Jeff Rhodes gives us four dumbass kids saying "Mom, Mom" while pretending to be a zombie. Uh, good action, good story building with Carolyn Morgan and Carlin Ron, but Morgan is a dumbass, and I wish he would die. Okay, Jeff. Uh, Deanna, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, don't sugarcoat or anything. Uh, Deanna went out like Leonidas. Her roar was long and loud. Uh, Pamela Burton, a three point five out of three point five out of five, tiptoeing through the tulips. Episode was okay. Episode has me uh, definitely has me liking dis, uh, disliking Morgan a lot now, which I'm not happy about. Uh, Shailen Bensavega, boo! All set up, nothing happened. Let down. No Buster rating. Um, Jeff Rhodes also chimed in. Get back in the house, Sam. Good call back there, pal. Uh, Everard Santa Marina, 2.5 opportunities to catch up on world history by Zippo Light out of 5. 
nice callback there. I mean, Eugene <laughs> reading the world history book in the garage while they argued <laughs> and stuff. Um, Brent Jones, 2.85. Crazy concussed Carol's confronting characters out of five. <laughs> Me, it just... Wow, you get the alliteration award this week, Brent. Good job. Uh, to me, it just felt like an episode that was built into a moment that never came for a mid-finale. It lacked a punch. Lots of good drama, but no payoff. Uh, Mike Jones, three Black Friday crowds out of five for me. Just eh on all aspects for me this week. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. Uh, Mandy Dean, 3.5 out of five zombie guts. Kept me on my toes. Carl needs to stop while he's ahead. Quit driving it to the kids that his dad was an ass. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, nobody wants to hear that. She has a point. Uh, Trisha Terrell Collins, 3.75 out of 5. Put down the guns. I've got a knife, Busters. <laughs> Who is the whipped with an ugly stick wolf guy anyway? <laughs> Carol was right. Morgan was wrong. And the three bumbling idiots were the same as always. Uh, David Bue the third, uh, 4.25 X Games, hanging human Maggie meat out of 5. Uh, I still don't understand how Judith hasn't seen a pediatrician yet. It's had no ear infections or other ailments. Only to make one little squeak to remind us she's part of the cast. Yeah, that is there. Taking some liberties there for sure. Although, honestly, from a medical perspective, she's not dealing with those childhood ailments as much because she's not around other children, which is generally how those things happen. You get sick as a kid because you're constantly around other children who are sick from their interactions with other children. So she has kind of a reverse herd immunity at this point. That is my medical opinion as a doctor who's not a medical doctor. Thank you, Dr. Esquire. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Not an actual doctor. (laughs) Well, I am an actual doctor, just not a medical doctor. You or Denise that has more medical knowledge. I'm just trying to figure that one out now. I mean, I have an actual doctorate. I don't know that she does. Okay. Did Did she study psychology? Did she practice? I can't remember how far she said. Don't know. But anyway. Matthew Continue. Brown. Oh, I'm <laughs> Matthew Brown gives it three Rick's hatchets. It was nice to see the hatchet make a comeback appearance. Although the stage for us to see the hatchet in use, like anyone who has read the comics know, it's used in this situation. Yet sadly, they didn't quite get there. And really, I think that just compared to a traditional mid-season finale, this one left me wanting. Uh, Judith Matthews loved Carl's comment. Twitter person said unexpected and understated. That's what made it perfect. Carl Hooker, three ugly load walker drawing metal sculptures out of five. Loved Carl's quote and how Deanna went out. Um, and by the way, Major Dodson, seriously? It's like the guys on the podcast were predicting this all along by making fun of him. <laughs> we never make fun of Major Dodson. We, no. We, we, we chant his name. respect. Yeah. We speak of him in reverent tones. <laughs> I, I, I replied to him actually several comments down in that thread. But we'll probably get to it. But yes, we love Major Dodson. He just we, has the world's most We want to get him on this show, for God's sakes. Yes. That's, in fact, Jordan uh, replies, I can't speak for anyone else. <laughs> but any of my comments on the show about Major Dawson are meant only in jest. I actually really like his performance and love his name. Uh, Tarek Awar, I'm going to give this episode a four. Would anyone really have sided with Morgan in that poll out of five? Uh, the only downfall of the episode of me, for me is Morgan's false sense of hope for that wolf. Uh, Max Silver, three crazy wolves out of five. Okay episode and pretty lame for a midseason finale. Flight 462 was better this week. Uh, also, Jesse's kids are the absolute worst. Seriously. <laughs> uh, Karen Chi, a 3.5 ant cover cookies out of 5. The name of this game of the game this season seems to be Just Be Patient. We'll pay things off, we swear. Uh, pros, Carol versus Morgan. Love Denise's interactions with W-Man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this really is catching on, man. I'm telling W-Man you, man. Thing. It's in the captions. People are, people are seeing it. 
It's like... Carl making Ron his bitch. Hey. <laughs> Roger Austin, four so, slow ladder climbs out of five. Good conclusion to a solid half season. Love the Carol Morgan showdown. Uh, Susan Monk, three point, or on 2.75 uses of zombie gets out of five. Uh, Robert Nigro, three, can't sit Carol next to Morgan at Thanksgivings out of five. <laughs> yeah, that would be awkward. Uh, DeRay Irvin, three, with, within Eugene's skill sets out of five. Uh, this episode wasn't amazing, but I did like it overall. Uh, Tanya Royston, 2.75. Will someone please break that damn record player out of five? I'm with you, Tanya. I will get right behind that <laughs> immediately. Uh, it just drives me up the wall. Uh, Belinda eight tonight's rating is three. WTF to the Alexandria's trained to be douche nozzles out of five. Wow. Uh, for the season, I give it a solid four screaming Jewish grannies out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Go Tova. Uh, Dave White, uh, four out of five. Ron attempts to kill Carl. Very well done midseason finale. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, I give that four. I don't four. Don't hire those zombies to help you move house out of five. A much improved episode on previous weeks and nice teaser at the end. Ready for Negan. Um, Judith Matthews, 3.5 out of 5. Who's the human pinata this week going to be? Uh, Deanna did freak me out of Cribside. I guess that, that scene worked on her. Uh, Rob Cook, I cannot give any bu- the finale any busters as I have not seen yet because I'm stuck on a train with no power. Coming back from a Slayer gig. However, I'm hoping it's five finales out of five. <clears throat> Slayer! <laughs> Everybody loves Slayer, dude. Uh, Sarah Ann Howard, three out of five. Carol Fakeouts, much improved from last week. Brent Jones, also, where the hell were Heath and Aaron? Good, good call, Brent. I yep. was, I'm wondering the same thing. It was book club night. They were hiding. Yeah, they were they were playing Parcheesi. Paul MacEckern, uh, three out of five. Mediocrity raised supreme, plus one for the amazing score. Uh, Ian Timms, three out of five. Glad I live in England without Badlands. They didn't show that clip at all here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's available widely online now, Ian. I'm sure if you looked at it, you could probably find it if you hadn't seen it already. And Sergio Mendoza. Hi, guys. Long-time listener, first-time feedbacker. This episode uh, left me wanting a bit more in the end, maybe just a walker turning when the kid says, Mom, so I know the the uh, feces is on for next set February, and I can look forward to it. Carol versus Morgan fight was great, but Morgan's reasoning does not cut it. Four out of five tiptoes through the tulips. Song Major Dobson was playing. And if you would like to join us on the Facebook group, we would love to have you and love to hear your opinions on the episodes. Again, uh, I think uh, what we're going to do now, uh, what we usually do is a a season wrap-up episode. So if you have an overall opinion for the season or a buster rating for the season, by all means, post it in the uh, Walking to TV podcast Facebook group. And please join us. We uh, would love to have you. And also, we also plan on doing an all-out war part two episode. Of course, we've been planning that for about oh, a year yeah. now, but we will get to it and uh, and some other stuff there. Sure. Real quick, we got to do our episode of the Flight Four Six Two podcast. Yeah, I was going to say we, we almost missed that one. <laughs> we almost missed it, but I'm here, guys. We you were chomping at the bit, Aaron. I was waiting for you to <laughs> jump in there. I mean, we should be, we should just do like a series of uh, like a podcast for each forty five second <laughs> bit, and each podcast can be like three minutes long. You know? Leave your yeah, Buster the ratings. Guy fell down, and the other guy ordered a coke. Guys, okay, this well, week. That's the end of the podcast. This week on Flight 462, the guy opened his eyes. I know. Yes. Well, <laughs> well beyond that, I actually like this one because when they pulled out the AED, I was like, oh, I've never actually even considered what a defibrillator might do to a person who just died but hasn't reanimated yet. So it, it's been I thought process. that was kind of cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. That that's kind of cool to know. Yeah. Not that they've not that I don't think we've seen any other AEDs in the entire series, um, either one, but 
hey, you never know. You might run into a mall or an airport bathroom or something. They have those Th- all that, That's there. all interesting, but I'm really in this for the romantic tension between the Asian lady and the freaking out kid in the behind, sitting behind her. <laughs> well, now you got the love triangle because you've got the air marshal, too. Oh, yeah, the air marshal. Yes. Oh, I saw the eyes he was making at her. <laughs> no, 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 at the kid. Either way. Is, is the well-dressed lady going to get her gin and tonic? That's what I want to know. There's a lot That's of what it, they have to answer. Oh my god! And that is the cliffhanger. Here yeah, it was a better cliffhanger than the episode <laughs> than the, uh, proper. Yeah. I was really excited to see what happens in February on the Fight Four Six Two. So that was our episode of the Fight Four Six Two podcast. Okay, we can move on. How many more of these do we have? Because this is this is really getting grading at this point. Like, not enough in my mind. Um, <laughs> you're. you're... <laughs> I mean, is there going to be sixteen? Is that is there eight more yeah, to go? Is only, that what they're doing? We only had eight. Yeah. So there's eight more. Can, can you wait that long, guys? Uh, I don't know I, if I can handle it. I can wait that long. I mean, when is Fear returning? Is it is it after? Is it in the summertime again? It'll be sometime after the end of this season of The Walking Dead. So I mean, it was in the summer last year. It was in August, so maybe a little bit before then. Who knows? Sometime probably in the a little bit earlier. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it it's going to have to run when Walking Dead's still um, in its break. So right. Yeah, so, somewhere between there. Probably after uh, Better Call Saul. I would think that's coming back in February. I think, right? Better call. Yeah, it comes on. Oh, that's true. It's, it yeah, comes it on come the Monday after Soul. Walking Dead. The Monday again. Yeah. Right. No, Fear the Walking Dead. I a, cannot wait for that to come it's, back. It's a summer show. They'll keep doing that the same way. So I this hope, summer. And well, then yeah. The only thing is, that I, I hope, the next season will be longer than this previous one. So it's a question of when will. They oh, start I see what you're saying. I start earlier. Yeah. I'd hope yeah. they start it sooner or sooner, just because I don't. I I think part of the issue for some people is like seeing Fear the Walking Dead, and then a week later, The Walking Dead starts. As much as we like The Walking Dead, that's a lot of Walking Dead. Like that's that's a lot of it. And I, I I'd be curious if they want to like put more of a gap in between the two Walking Dead shows, or if they if that works for them. I don't know. It'd be really cool to get to a place in like a year or so where both shows have sixteen episode seasons, and they go eight episodes of one, two week break or whatever, eight episodes of the next one, two week break, then eight episodes of the first one again two-week break, and so you're just constantly going back and forth between them. That could be a cool well, way to they, do they it. They would need a third spinoff to make that like, really work. And uh, Well, no, you'd still have a portion during the year when there's just no Walking Dead on, but you've got Better Call Saul and you know, the Badlands. If they, if they want to corner shows. the market, Jordan, they do it. <laughs> I just think this Into the Badlands thing is just so cheap. The way they, they did it a couple times this season, where they hold the next episode's preview until the first commercial break, and well, that's, that's fairly true, standard that, these yeah, days. I've seen that on many networks I, with many different shows. I don't know. It's getting. I mean, it's getting to the point where I'm purposely fast forwarding just to see that now. I, I don't. I mean, now I have to record into the Badlands. Well, you could also just, they put now. them up on YouTube. You could just like you could just, the same time they put them up on the on the TV network. You what do you mean? Just, like just watch it online? You're saying or? Yeah, they put them up like immediately. Okay. There's yeah. no reason you have to watch anything you don't want to watch. Well, it's just. I mean, I, I record it just so I don't miss any snippets they put in there, and I fast forward right to that that point. It's like they're, they're forcing me to watch this show, and I three, I think it's kind of a cool show. They but are forcing three, you to do absolutely three nothing. three things. Three yeah. things. You could just watch the show. It's not bad. It's the, not bad. The, no, the, no, the, the clips for next week's episode are immediately available online anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and. and <laughs> And you're watching the show. You're gonna watch it next week. You don't need to watch next week's preview. You're gonna watch it next week. You're not. You don't need to be- exactly. <laughs> the only the prologue I can understand because that's like a whole new thing. I mean, but again, that's online. That was a, that was a little strange, but I also have no problem. But that's online with, immediately you know, that after. Was... Oh, and you know, I understand marketing. I and understand. they played it during Fear. They they played it during Talking Dead as well. Well, if we remember the season finale of uh, Walking Dead last year with Michonne hanging that sword up or something or taking it off the fireplace. That was after the credits. Yeah. 
Well, they've done after credit scenes before, yeah. And they also did that with Morgan at the beginning of the Terminus episode, right, where you see him after the credits on the train tracks. I would say I'm actually... In the I'm, mid-season finale. I, I'm more annoyed with after the credits stuff than I am with uh, previews during another show. Because at least I know okay. it's coming during that show. I don't know if there's going to be an after the credits thing, and my DVR might cut off or something. That's such yes. a first world problem. But the DVR might <laughs> cut off or something, or like who knows what. And it's like, when did Walking Dead become a Marvel movie? Like, I don't need, like, after the credits <laughs> things. Just play it during the cre- the credits. Like They call it. that a stinger, right? Is that what that's called? Yeah, the stinger. Yeah. A stinger, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even know that that Michonne one was there until the, the, before the uh, the first episode of this season. I see her taking the sword off the wall. I'm like, I don't remember that from the last week, <laughs> from last year's episode. And I just, it, I totally blew past that last year. Didn't it's even just, know about it. It's like, why do that? Like, I don't understand yeah. what the purpose of that is. That I can understand the end of the Badlands thing. That's a show they want to promote, and you get something oh, out of that. I, I, know. I, I prefer that over, like, maybe or maybe well, not, there will be something coming at the end of the credits of the show that might like, cut off. A lot of time, a lot of times, so like, with that Michonne scene, that's not an episode-ending scene, and it takes place after everything else that happens in the episode. The episode-ending scene is Rick pointing the gun at the camera, and then you hearing Morgan saying, Rick? Like, that's an episode ender, and then the other thing is just a little extra thing that happens chronologically later. Okay. But it wouldn't make any sense to end the episode no, with that. I'm, I totally no, no, no. buy it as a... No, I'm, not, I'm not saying end episodes with those. I'm saying, put, if it, I saying I like that it that they put it into into the bet or whatever. I like that more, even if it's a gimmick, because at least I know to expect that, whereas... Right, but, but this was also way more substantive than any other one they've done previously. I mean... Uh, the Morgan one kind of rivals it, but like the Michonne thing's like ten seconds long. Like, well, this wasn't a stinger. This, this was actually a longer well, it, preview. Well, you know, at the end of each episode, you see a preview for next week's episode. This was a hey, guys, stick around for twelve weeks. This is what's coming, kind of thing. This was this could have easily been the cold open to the mid season premiere, right? Like that. That this was a whole separate scene. This was a, this had meat to it, you know. I don't know. I, I'm not upset about what they did. I know I'm a lot of people yeah. are. Oh, no, no. I'm not upset. I, I just, I don't know. Just the whole no, thing, no, no, the thing are, that was available on YouTube immediately. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. From AMC. It's not like you had to go out of your way to like find a pirated version. Yeah. AMC, <laughs> AMC put up, up a, a glossy HD version of this scene. Like, it's right there. <laughs> so I'm going to stop recording into the Badlands right now just out of spite. That's it. It's done. <laughs> It's a good show. At despite it, who? It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a, it yeah. is a pretty good show. You're right. I, I do like the I don't kung even fu. Care about, I don't even care about martial arts, and I'm enjoying. Yeah, it's pretty it, good. Anyway, are we still recording? Uh, so, <laughs> we are still. We haven't <laughs> finished the episode yet. Um, we, we of course before we're gonna you know send us to the outro here, but after that we're gonna discuss a little bit of the mid season premiere. Very little. We don't have much information on it yet. But if you don't want to know anything, of course we'll give you the warning to get out of there before that. Until then, you can of course uh, contact us on Twitter. I'm at Jordan FRM Jersey. Uh, Jim is at Yoda Jones. Aaron is at Aaron's PS4. And Craig is at Auto Chat Show. And of course you can send us an email WDTV at hhwlod.com. And of course head over to h hwlod.com and check out all of our many podcasts on all kinds of cool stuff. We're doing a six episode series right now on the main HHWLOD feed all about Star Wars. We're doing one episode per film. Um, 
I guess episodes one and two are out now. Episode three has been recorded, but isn't quite up yet. And I believe we record episode four uh, tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. But they're coming out. They're really cool. You're getting a wide cross-section of hosts from all over HHWLOD. Lots of opinions from different age groups and different uh, parts of the country all about Star Wars. And it's not just prequel hate, and it's not just uh, the original trilogy love. You're getting lots of cool discussion about all kinds of cool stuff there. So check that out at HHWLOD.com. If you like Walking Dead, it means you're a person who's alive, which means you also probably like Star Wars. So check it out. Yeah, it's more of a personal perspective than like a dissection of the movies, as it were. Yeah, there's a lot of cool like discussion of like where were you when you first saw the trailer yeah. and that kind of stuff. I really like that in the discussion, really. So check those out. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember your weapons, your fuel, the fuel in your truck. If you got mints in the glove compartment, if you got corn underneath the seat, change in the seats. Hell, the seats themselves, the floor mats, your maps, the little satchel of emergency napkins you got there in your console. None of those things are yours anymore. Your property now belongs to Negan. Have a good week, everybody. And next week, or should I say next year, February 14th, specifically on The Walking Dead. Of course, if you don't want to know anything, which is pretty much just the episode title, um, about next week's uh, mid or next year's mid-season premiere, uh, tune out now. We won't be offended. But if you don't mind knowing literally just the name of the episode, um, you can stick around. Uh, Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 9 is entitled... No way out. Uh, which is, <laughs> I, I think Aaron just sprung a leak. Uh, somebody might want to go over there from epoxy. I'm all right. That took me a second. I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be directed by uh, Nicotero. Oh, you know that. Thank uh, goodness. It's named after uh, volume 14 of the comics. It was entitled No Way Out. And uh, according to the people in the know, it's going to be quote unquote quite deadly so there you go that's according to scott Gimble, strange, strange new yeah. territory for the walking dead <laughs> yeah wow people are gonna die really yeah he gives up so much on his descriptions so <laughs> we know what to expect now thank you scott so this first half of the season literally covers a period of time of about 24 hours that's pretty i, I really like that Love like it. yes there are episodes in there that i didn't like or episodes that were were weaker than others but it was pretty cool to see this just eight episodes on a 24 hour period maybe 36 depending on how they you know what portion of the day that the seasons ended at the beginning but you, you get what i meant um what are you guys looking forward to in the mid the, the second half of the season can we hold on 20 i feel i feel like it's been at least like three days like at no i mean if you want to there's the flashback portions of episode one those can those take place over the course of like a, a week or two weeks. That is what I count. But every, Why would I not count that? It, 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 everything in color from the from the moment that they go to the quarry till the end of this mid season. That's twenty four to thirty six hours. I don't know why I wouldn't count the flat. That's not even flashback stuff. That's directly after the end of last season. Like it's just the next. The, the, it was framed. It was framed as flashbacks. Yeah, in order to like. Kind it of, was framed. It was framed as then, and this was framed to, as to now. To gimmickly, put, I, you know what I mean. It wasn't. It wasn't a then. It was more like here's like like then. Like it like, literally says in the episode then. Now, <laughs> did, did they say that? I, I remember yes. in the Morgan one. Yes. I remember it in that one. They did that again they in the season opener. Both. They did the then and now thing. Did yeah. they do the then and now? Thing? They All did. Right. They did. And, and, you are you are not wrong, Aaron. They show things in the season that take place beyond that thirty-six hour, twenty-four hour window. But the, I mean, but the the actual body of the and of course Morgan's episode, but the body of the season was or of the half season was one. There's day. a I mean, lot of time shifting, but you're right. It, there's only one evening that passes, right? I mean, there's one night, right? 
where they spend the night, like what was it, when Daryl was out there overnight, yeah. and then you, and so there Rick's, was one night that went through. Rick's and that's it. out of Jesse. Yeah, yeah, that right. That was the evening exactly. That was the, so. So if we count the evenings, that was the one. So yeah, I think you're right. Twenty four, thirty six hours. That's just I liked it. It was it was good. I, I'd love to see them break that up in the second half of the season by making this next eight episodes cover like a year. Like every episode has like two months in between it or something. <laughs> yeah, that would. No, seriously, that could be a really cool juxtaposition. Yeah, that wow. work. That work for Carl. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I I say this semi jokingly, but also not really. They are going to need to start doing some time jumps as he really starts growth spurting. I mean, he he's already gotten he's already hit a couple of them, but he's going to hit more very soon. Is he? Um, uh, probably, yeah. I mean, his voice is going to start to get quite a bit deeper very soon. All, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, he's already there. If you watch season two, he's, yeah, he was saying, a little kid. I, I think he's. I think he's at that point right now. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think he's there more that significant that could really happen. He can grow a beard. He can get a Rick beard. <laughs> well, yeah, but that that's you know like father like son. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do think though that that would be cool to to jump forward in time some and uh, you know start moving us really far into this world. I just hope that the second half is better than. Um, some of the other other second halves of seasons we've had, like uh, if we go back to a couple seasons ago, the, they were on the train tracks for a while. I remember that tra- on the lead up to Terminus. That just seemed like a never-ending string of episodes. Okay, they're on the tracks. They're on the tracks. We got this group on the tracks, that group on the tracks. It just fizzled out to me. And then they got the Terminus, and then, all right, cool. Then the other, what was it, last season, I guess after Grady, they were on the road for a while. On the road, on the road, on the road. Then they finally found Alexandria. It's like, I, ho- I hope they keep this nice little tight continuity we had in these first eight episodes and just keep that going for the rest of the season. I kind of think it did that here where I thought the first half of this half of the season was really strong. And then the second half was pretty all over the place. Like I, I was annoyed by that. So I, I like that. I like to hope there's a more of a, just hope it's better. Honestly, I just, I I, you know, you always want it to be good. Like I, I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, I'd want it to be better. It started off really strong. Well, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, a couple of those episodes are like some like series greats in there. He he does this. I mean, Scott Kimball does this though. He'll give you like these three or four or even a couple of episodes are just amazing. Then it's just all right, guys. You've had your fun. You've had your action. Now we're going to go to the the character stuff, the story stuff, and that's it. It's like why well, can't he just spread it out a little bit more? You that's know, that's not even it though. Like it's no. Like, I think there's. Well, like the Morgan episode. That's not an action episode. That's a whole character episode. And that was a good episode, though. That's one, that that's was actually one, really good. one of the best episodes they've ever done on this show. That was really good. Yeah. It's not like anybody's going, let's just write the first couple well and then half-ass it on the others. They're trying to do their best on all of them. Some work out, some don't. Mm. You know, like, I don't, think, I don't think any one person is to blame for some episodes being better than others. That's just how things work. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they get the season openers really good. I mean that that one with Terminus last year was just amazing. I mean that was just a great opening. These first three in this season were really good. So I mean if they can just capture that magic that they have in the opener and just sprinkle a little bit more throughout the season because they seem to fizzle out. Is what I'm trying to say. See, I seem to remember last season. Now, Grant, this is just by memory that you had that really awesome opener, and then a lot of weak stuff for the most yep. part, and then it ended with the Grove, and then the second half of the season was really really good. Well, the uh, Grove the, the, was that, season that's at least four, wasn't it? The Grove was season four, yes. Right, the, that uh, was when before they got the Terminus. Was it? Yes, it, yeah, right. Because Carol had to kill the kids before she and Tyrese made up, and they went on to find Terminus. Right. 
Oh, I guess that but, is um, true. But, um, but, but still, I, I remember last season, it was really good in the beginning, then a lot of nothing, yes. and then the second half. No, the, the, yeah, they, the, they found the Father Gabriel and, yeah, church. And well, they found Father Gabriel, but they, but they had four walls and a roof. That episode, that's one where they kill the Terminus people. That was a great episode. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. But that was the, that was the mid-season finale. Right? No, that was three episodes in. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's, the it was so, finale was the Grady Hospital. It was the Grady. So, it was so quick because you wanted to like you. You thought that um, Gareth was going to be part of the season. It's like, nope, he died three episodes in. He's dead. <laughs> no, I made the, you a promise. No, the the issue of season five was that hospital. I hated the hospital. You know, you remember I was all against uh, the Grady was, bunch. That yeah, was the Grady rough. bunch. I was all against the hospital stuff. It was just the, boring. And you hated the governor stuff too in the season four, right? That was that was rough too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> But the, oh, the, the stuff leading up to yeah, I remember like season three leading up to the mid season finale was really strong. I remember that one ended with um, the one where Rick saw Shane like Wolverine Shane. Remember that? Like oh. Shane, the Shameless Big Sideburns, like his like face. That was in uh, Woodbury. That was yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. That was that. where Daryl gets he meets Merle for the first time, right? Exactly. In, in the yeah, circle. It, it ended on that. That was one of my fa- that was one of my favorite episodes. I love that episode. <laughs> So again, the mid-season finales are awesome, except for this one. That's what we're all saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna change much. my Buster score. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's where that's the one where um, Michonne and the governor have that like brawl too. Oh yeah, like he loses his eye. <laughs> well, no, Grady was the mid-season finale last year. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm going back to Woodbury now. I'm going, I'm going. Well, no, I'm saying to Craig though, if he, he not all of them have been great. Well, hold on. I mean, that was a really good episode. I mean, when Rick mowed down that guy, the officer, and yeah, I mean, it was again, it involved the Grady bunch, but there was a lot of our group in it. Like the the first couple of Grady episodes stunk, but the last one wrapped it up wasn't so bad for me. I kind of was okay with it. Wasn't I thought there was only two Grady episodes. Total. There was like three, I there, think. Yeah, yeah. There was, was there, there was one that was entirely focused on it, and then there was, there was like two more within there, and then the finale. Right, the finale was okay. Like that, that, that's where Rick says, "Shut up!" He shoots the guy in the head for running away from him. Yeah, because there was like a Daryl and uh, where are we? Are we still recording this? <laughs> was a, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to edit all of this. This, this. this is this is the prologue. This is the epilogue. This yeah, the epilogue. A, there was. We the should da- put it after after the Star Wars. We'll put this in. How's that? Okay. There, there was the yeah. there was the Daryl and Carol episode, which was really good in there as well. Yeah, there's, that was a good one. There was a lot of good stuff in season five, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it was a bad season. No. I just said I liked the second half better. But the, if I recall, but the second half again, they were on the road. It was just on the road, on the road. It's like. On the train tracks, on the road, you know, it, it, you know, you want something to talk about with your friends after these episodes air on Sundays. That's what you know. It's like, all right, what they do this episode? Well, all right, Rick killed somebody. This one happened. Yeah, the crazy tornado episode with Aaron showing up at the end. That was you cool. Had them getting to uh, to Alexandria. Hmm. Uh, you had Rick's epic, epic beard for that whole half of the season. Yeah, oh, well, that was yeah, pretty. That was pretty epic. <laughs> the claimers, the, the whole that whole resolution, yeah. that was a good one. What I like about season five, the, the second half of season five, was that I really enjoyed Rick for like the first time in a while. Like I liked mm. his descent into kind of I don't care about anyone except my people. I'm going to do things my way. Like just he was complete. He was he became Darth Rick in that half of the season. You had him punching out Aaron. Yeah. in that amazing <laughs> shot. That was great. That was actually great. <laughs> They're coming for us. I mean, yeah, Darth Rick, because he, he was a farmer at the beginning of season four. I mean, he was trying to put down his guns, and he didn't want to hold the gun. <laughs> he was just a poor farm boy from Tatooine before. He was from Tatooine, <laughs> right. He was a moisture farmer from, yeah. uh, from Tatooine. He was trying to get some power converters. But I wanted to go to Atlanta and pick up some uh, moisture converters. <laughs> he, he had to go to Tashi Station. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong podcast. That's what they call a... Uh, so they, so they, that does explain why Rick's always drinking that blue that's milk. That's what they call a... Hers- yeah, Herschel's Farm. That's where you got blue milk. <laughs> All right, that's it for the one podcast this week. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Take care.
Now, was Christopher Barry the um, the saver who speaks in the in the prologue? Uh, prologue, uh, epilogue, whatever we're calling it. Sure, epilogue. Uh, in other it's words, a, was was the prologue, he the guy yeah. who's well? See, at the end of the episode, they said stay tuned for an epilogue, but everywhere else, I've seen it listed as a prologue. Mm. Which I heard it's a prologue. Um, it's supposed to be the prologue to the next season. I heard I heard them say prologue. I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I've heard in every place except in the end credits of the episode. No, I'm saying yeah. in the end credits, I heard them say prologue. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, oh. prologue, prologue is an afterword. It's a foreword. Excuse me. It's a pre. Yeah, I, I yeah. even went back and checked, and I heard prologue. Maybe I mean we were on different feeds. Hmm. It is possible that they did say two different things. Yeah. I, I doubt uh, that. But. I doubt it too. <laughs> But yeah, I, I doubt it as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but look, it's a prologue to the upcoming season. Right, right. Yeah. It's an epilogue to that episode. It's not an they, epilogue. They it's it's not connected to it. to the upcoming season. Right, it's not Ep- connected to the season. It's connected to the season coming up. So it's a yeah. prologue to that season. And I prefer it that way. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because about Negan. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. To, to... My, my question, though, about Christopher Barry is, was he the... Um, Torso? The, yeah, was he torso guy from two episodes ago? I don't think I so. I assume so. I don't think why, that was Wade. Would, I don't think that was him. Who else would Oh, that's be? right. They did name that. He guy was Wade, did. so I don't think that was him. Unless his name is Wade in the IMDb, it's not him. I don't think it sounded like him at all either. I meant to go back and check his belt buckle in that scene. I didn't <laughs> get around. I'm serious. If that's that, not the same guy, then what the hell are we doing? We got like this bottom torso, we got wolves, and we have saviors? Like, how many people are there? <laughs> well, he, those could also just be another sect of, of uh, saviors. Although maybe, maybe those are people from the. Mm. Well, no. Know. How does that how how does that work in the comics? Because I mean, they do the same motorcycle thing. Why would they wouldn't? Chase well, no, 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 no. I'm saying the guys from the end are saviors. But what if the guys who were chasing um, uh, uh, the girl, the, the two girls, and the guy with Daryl a couple episodes back? What if they were from the? That's a yeah. I don't know. Or or just a, I, I yeah I go along with another sect of the. The, of the Neganites. <laughs> the, the only reason why I would why I would say not is, did we see any motorcycles with that group? Mm. And no. this group at the end was all motorcycles. So, so you're yeah. saying the Kneelers are not connected to the last group of motorcycle people we saw? It's two I'm, different I'm saying, groups, I, I'm saying, are they? I'm, I'm questioning pos- that now. Yeah, we're yeah, questioning the idea of whether or not it mm. is. But no, yeah, I see what you mean. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's Wade then. Think I'm, I'm thinking about this a little bit more now. Yeah, because the. It'd be weird if they double backed, got a bunch of motorcycles, then found the same people that they were looking for, kind of to begin with. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so much weird logic going on for them to be these. <laughs> but, but we are right about to be introduced to like new communities because there's the there's um the saviors, and then there's a one, isn't there? Assuming they follow all that. Mm. Yeah, tr- tr- absolutely. Yeah. You're correct. Um, but what's the name of the group? Because there's the Alexandrians, the saviors, the and people what are they co- the kingdom the kingdom the kingdom there you go well maybe that's the kingdom then because kneeling i mean that makes a lot of sense mm. yeah, but that's not like those kind of thing right but it could it could have been some like underling of his who was like doing stuff on the side or something eh, it's a bit of a reach we'll see we'll, we'll just have to wait and see i mean that's <laughs> yeah true, true but yeah in, in answering your question i would doubt that's wade i think it's a different <laughs> i never trust anyone whose name is a verb <laughs> all right his oh, last name's in yeah. the water. I yeah. mean, <laughs> to Jimmy something is a verb. I'm just saying. But my name isn't Jimmy. 
<laughs> yeah. Good Gosh, old right? Jimmy. <laughs> and it hasn't been for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's not slipping Jimmy anymore. Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> right. Slipping Jimmy with a lot of Van Halen's top Jimmy. Uh, hey, everybody. Good, oh. Sorry. No, no, no problem. I just kind of launched into that. That's. Uh, so back at uh, the townhouse, Morgan tries to dissuade Carol from killing uh, the, the uh, sorry, this wiki summary has him listed as the W man, and I have to keep switching that over to the wolf. I don't know why they have him listed as the W man, but w that's man? what they chose. You know what's funny, though? Yes. In the captions, it also says W man. Like, I watch the really? episode with closed captions for the second time I watch it, always, and it says W man with colon, like talking, like that was him. I guess that's what he's... I he's thought he was technically as that, yeah. listed as Alpha Wolf, but I guess it's W-Man. Regardless, he's the wolf as far as I'm concerned. I'm not calling him the W-Man. Um, <laughs> I kind of like it, though. I mean, I wouldn't w mind switching man. over to that. Yeah, it's like If a, he's called the W-Man, he needs to be wearing a tuxedo and smoking in a dim oh room or something. You know? on, uh, on Walker Day, the W-Man comes to town and hands out gifts to the kids. <laughs> he needs to be the cigarette-smoking man's, like, cousin. You know, with the name like the W Man. Um, it's the W Man and the G Man. That's my favorite new Halloween costume, W Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Also on Halloween, uh, women dress as sexy W Man, so that's how that works. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking I've got to edit all of this. Uh, this is going to be fun. Lewis! 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 Mom! 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 Mommy! 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 Mama! 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 Ma! 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 Mom! 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 Mommy! Mommy! Mama! 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 What? Hi. 